0: live cast. i'm super dave aka mr incredible and with me as always we have our resident feminine energy fruit personal trainer and fitness guru miss fruit fit herself patrice jones fruit how you fruit. doing good morning i'm
1: doing great thank
0: you and my man 100 grand dc's native son the se3 representative jason What's days, up, brother? Good morning, Dave. How you doing, brother? All right. Good to have both of y'all <laughs> back with us. We had a guest host last week. Went okay, but I always—it's always good to have my team in the building. And yeah. uh, we have an amazing show for you today because our guest today is a performing artist uh, as a singer-songwriter. Her mix of thoughtful, engaging lyrics and warm, soulful vocals make for an amazing listening experience. She is also a writer, producer, actress, mm-hmm. activist educator and happens to be the daughter of one of the pioneers of celebrities using their voice and their platform to affect social change. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored and humbled to have Ayanna Gregory with us today. Welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. How are you?
2: Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm wonderful.
0: I'm wonderful. Great, coming great. to you
2: live and direct from uh McGrill, Jamaica. It's
0: funny. Book,
3: <laughs> yeah, We're all beautiful. coming to
0: you from a place called jealousy because we wish we were there with <laughs> you. <laughs> I wish y'all was it's, here. It's, it's gloomy in DC right now. It's been raining all morning. Uh so uh yeah, just that I'm gonna send
2: so I, I'm gonna send y'all some of this.
0: Oh yeah. please do. Thank please you. do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. you can pass it over to us. But um, there's so <laughs> much we want to talk to you about, uh, so many dope things that you have done and are doing. And we're going to get into all of that. But first, there's a few things going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about. What's going on, Dave? And we're going to talk about it right now. So mm-hmm. um, last week, we talked a little bit about the COVID vaccine and uh, more specifically, the apprehension that's been discussed about um about taking it amongst the American people, and more, and even more specifically among the African American community or the Black community, um, that that apprehension and how much more prevalent it is. Uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Dr. Fauci did a uh, did an interview in which he noted things like the Tuskegee experiment and also um, specific things that have been going on for years, like the uh, disparities between. Black people and white people when it comes to uh, the level of care, implicit bias, and even things as small as getting um, prescriptions, how we're prescribed medicine uh, based on race. And um, I remember when we had Erin uh, Alexander on, uh, who's a doula who works with uh, pregnant women through the process of their pregnancy, and she was talking about the differences that she noticed just in, in you know, her field dealing with pregnant women and how their suggested different treatments or um, the level of care that they receive based on uh, race. So I wanted to touch a little bit on that and I ask you guys your opinions on um, the vaccine itself. I know you guys have heard some of the news, if not if not all of it, and um, how do you feel? Do you feel comfortable with it, um, you know, uh, with taking it, with seeing it come, and, come out and things of that nature. So I'm gonna start with the ladies first. Because uh, you know that's how we do here. Always showing <laughs> respect and reverence. So, uh, uh, Patrice, uh, how I do you feel about this? Why is it like I'm a teacher and I you're know. nervous? Like, don't call on me, teacher. No, I hope
1: you go to Jay first. <laughs> so, um, uh, so interestingly enough, last night, and I'll start with this. I was out with a few girlfriends, and I had a random conversation with a guy who should remain nameless that worked at Uh-oh. NIH and was you know, involved in some of the testing. Mm-hmm. And he made an interesting statement. And I was like, you know what, it's so crazy how so many people feel like this. He said, well, and I know he came from a biased place, but he said, well, I'm gonna wait until I see a few celebrities and you know, et cetera, et cetera, take it before I actually take it, like before I feel comfortable. And, you know, I, I really, you know, we talk about that emotional connection to media and what we see on TV and what's shown to us versus what actually is. And, you know, I think that was all connected. Um, as far as, you know, I don't know if you asked, but if I would take it myself, yeah. I, I, I don't want it. <laughs> I, I um, There are a few things. So, you know, my son who's 15, um, his dad and I already discussed that if they make it mandatory for him to take the vaccine before he goes back to school, that we're going to move to homeschooling. Um, I think, and and one thing I also wanted to touch on, I hope we can talk about a little bit today, is I know there's an exemption process that you can go through outside of religious reasons um, not to get the vaccination, but I don't know exactly what that process is. Um, But yeah, no, I I don't, I don't, I don't want it. Um, I'm I'm hoping that since I'm not in a, you know, in a workplace where I have to get it, you know, like the healthcare workers and you think about all of those people that it will be mandatory for. So if you're like working in a nursing home or, you know, et cetera, you're going to have to get the vaccine. And I don't know. It honestly is just really, it's bothersome. There's so many layers to it. Um, it's, it's. You know it's beyond any for me it's beyond a virus it's way beyond a virus it's um there's a lot going on right now in the universe and amongst us that is way beyond a vaccine i think the vaccine is just a distraction but it's an unfortunate one so i'll just leave it at that
0: well um real quick i do want to say i have heard a little bit about that um about the exemption process. The only thing that I've heard uh for people outside of like the, the people who will be mandatory healthcare workers and things is that um, they're looking at like having jobs in schools say that um, it won't be man- it, to a certain extent mandatory, but if you don't get it, you'll have to show a negative test before you can, you know, return to either school or work. So that's something that they're, you know, tossing around right now. Um, Ayana, I don't want to put you on the spot, you know, but if you haven't figured <laughs> about it, I'd love to hear um, how you feel
2: about all of this stuff going on? Uh yeah, I mean it well, if you know anything about my daddy and the way we were raised, then yeah. you're gonna get a hell no from me, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, without a doubt, without question. I mean, we've been well before uh the coronavirus was even thought about uh, as a family. You know, my father has has done so much research and has been connected to so many uh, cutting edge free thinkers on the planet who were very clear that the vaccination industry is inextricably tied to the eugenics movement, uh, which is really about, you know, wiping out people of color among other people. Um, And so uh, I have absolutely no intention of taking it. Uh, And the other thing is, you know, you hear a lot of folks talking about uh, going to get to a point where initially it'll be voluntary and then it'll be forced and then it'll you know so all of these all of these uh steps to it i don't know how it's going to go down but i definitely one of the reasons that i'm not in the country right now is because uh i think it's important for us as a people to begin to think uh about other options about places where we can coexist uh mm-hmm. free and healthy and so last year at this time I was in Ghana bringing in the new year and you know so many so many folks especially African people around the world are moving are leaving out of the West and going back home going to Africa going to uh, you know even places in the Caribbean so and not to say that this doesn't touch us in other places but I think it is important for us to really begin to think about where we want to be because uh, I think in you know I, I've been in DC for over half my life now, and so much is, is is so intense. it's so much going on all the time. There's so much pressure uh, that it's can be hard to to think or to not even think, to move with your spirit. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring in the new year here is to really, not move out of fear you know because initially i was like mm-hmm. this thing comes if it comes down to it and it really is by force and then spirit was like you ain't got to worry about a thing." Mm-hmm.
3: you know what i'm saying <laughs> you really don't
2: like it's really i i will not, it, it's not anything that i will voluntarily take and i was like beyond that i'm not worried about it i trust the medicine woman inside of me i trust the universe mm-hmm. i trust the creator in me mm-hmm. that it'll all work itself out but in terms of what i will go on record to Say and, and, and in support of absolutely, uh, not in support of the vaccination, and uh, you know, we have our internal healing mechanisms all day, every day, and
0: that's just what it is, you know. Yeah, that's that's dope. I, uh, yeah. Jay said you had a very dope energy about you, and so, and I, um, you know, he's the big homie, so I always appreciate him, but he's very spot on, like your energy, like even. Uh, to the extent of what you're saying just kind of matching with what we were talking about before the show uh about that uh you know um that innate uh spirit within us to to Mm understand of understanding and knowing and how a lot of people are losing that and um you know we have to tap into it and understand and listen to it and so yeah Yeah. yeah, that was dope so Mm -hmm. i know jason um has will probably have a unique perspective on this just based on some things that have transpired um, but, well, I always say that, but I don't know. Let me listen to you. Uh, so how do you feel about it, Jay? What's your perspective on the vaccine situation and, uh, and COVID as a whole? Well, you know, uh, very similar to Ayanna. Uh, despite the
4: specific uh, coronavirus, uh, I'm just not an advocate for vaccinations in general. Despite the situation, just based on my principles and, and ideology and approach to you know, the tie with uh, vaccinations in the United States and eugenics and the history of, you know, uh, how they're conducted and all of those. That's just not uh, uh, something that I believe. But, you know, I'm at a different place in life, man, whereas though, like, to be honest, man, I don't really give a fuck what people do. You know, I'm really only responsible for myself and my children. And so I don't really have an opinion about, what I think people should do, like, right. nigga, know, fuck you but at the end of the day, like, I'm responsible for myself and my children, and yeah. so the ideology in my household is very uh, similar to uh, to Baba Dick Gregory in regards to how I approach raising my children and our ability to heal and our ability to know um, the powers and the elements within ourselves that can approach any situation that attacks our body. So, just with that being said, you know, is, is why I don't uh, approve of the vaccination process. But if that's what people do, that's what people do, man. That's you know, right. I'm, just, I'm at a different level of spirituality and, and, and perception in my life. And it's like worrying about what other people do can be problematic. And hindering to the, you know, to the attempt to to reach our
0: highest selves and our family. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that. that's something that I know a lot of people strive for is the ability uh, or the um, I, we all have the ability, but the practice of um, you know, uh, letting people uh, just, <laughs> for lack of a simpler term, just mind your own business. You know, just letting people it. live their
4: lives. Hold on you know. real quick, Dave. Oh, hey, yeah, like, yeah, sure. I, I just, one point that uh, Ayana made about, about D.C. and traveling to, to other spaces. Do you feel like there's a certain energy grid on, you know, in the, in the geographical area of Washington, D.C.? I
2: do. Uh, I do. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like it's, um. Yeah, it's intense. And it's, and you know, and, and, and the reality is that I love DC. I love no matter where in the world I go, I love coming back. I do. Um, I find that um, I can feel, you know, like my dad, he was, uh, he was very connected to his past lifetimes. And so he could be in spaces, even in DC, where he could feel the presence of enslaved Africans there and so i think sometimes i feel that you know um and you know it's like dc dc deep you know just the fact that just even geographically that that it being like a form of swamp you know what i mean like it's it's very intense and part of that is why i love dc because it's there's something so authentic about the energy something very undeniable um and you can feel the presence of of of, of African soul that exists there mm-hmm. and at the same time sometimes it it uh, at for me there are times where it feels like it's a lot and so mm-hmm. when I get away there are times when I just want to lighten my spirit and so um yeah but I love it you know I, I don't ever want to feel like I'm escaping from from what is for me you know so part of it is like man I was ready to move to Jamaica years ago but I'm like I can't leave the movement and the people who I love who are who are right there still pushing through and so Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I I take I take my time I I spend my time and I come back you know Um, but eventually you know my family and I talked about like it it, we got to really think about specifically for the children because what our children are dealing with right now Mm -hmm. um, I I have a, a nephew at 15 years old he committed suicide a year ago. and when I tell you that nothing has rocked our family like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, I mean, my, and we didn't dealt with some stuff. I mean, we didn't dealt with phone taps, uh, death threats. You know, my father survived three three assassination attempts by the, by the American government. Um, you know, beaten jailed mm. countless times. So that was all of that, you know. Was honestly nothing energetically to what we dealt with when that baby boy took his life and so mm-hmm. i'm recognizing that when you look at our children right now they are depressed mm-hmm. they are many of them are suicidal and not just the children but right now when i think about our children i'm like look because my, my nephew has a twin a twin sister who has to survive mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know and so i'm like look we ain't got to stay here you know so i'm like i've talked to my brother yohanse who has five children and I said, look, we really need to start thinking about making some moves um, because I'm we ain't about to lose another one, you know. Right, right. And so, um, so that's why I'm really like, look, let's let's think outside of the box. Let's think outside of what we're used to in a daily because we can get used to the daily routine, and it's like we ain't got to do that routine. Mm-hmm. I can do anything <laughs> right. I want to do, yes. literally.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like
2: right now. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we had folks yeah. telling me not to leave. Are like, you going, you going to Jamaica in the middle of the pandemic? I was like,
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that energy then, is so uh, it's, it's so necessary. I talk about on a regular basis, just trying to get people out of the the mindset of, of what we've seen our parents, you know, you see your parents, you come up watching your parents go to jobs that they typically hate every day, and you feel like you do it out of a sense of responsibility, I got to provide for my family, I got to make a way and things like that, when the truth is, you can find something that you truly love to do and monetize you know we talk often about it was a quote yeah. but, uh, by dick gregory the secret to happiness dick right? clark. i mean i'm sorry about dick clark <laughs> sorry I'm about, that. about yeah, yeah, that i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry that's <laughs> my fault this, this that's story? right that's no. right he's being channeled so heavily that his name came out but uh it was a quote by dick clark excuse me that said um you know the secret to happiness is finding out what you love to do finding out how mm. to monetize it mm-hmm. and then finding someone to share it with and that that in itself encompasses the secret to happiness and you know, um it's wisdom from beyond. But uh, but yeah, so getting people out of the mind frame that they have to do anything. Like like what you said was so powerful. You can do anything you want to right now. Like it right. seems like such a far-fetched notion, right? Like, okay, I right. can do it, but first I gotta save up, but first I gotta do this right. and do that. Do you That's, know live your life? Go ahead, Patrice, what were you saying? That
1: also what we kind of touched on before we started about Uh, you know, you said it, you know, by going through a metamorphosis right now in this time and space, like we have to know our innate power enough to be secure and just sitting still and allowing that process to happen because the move that we make does not have to be regimented like a routine that somebody told us had to do. We have to listen to our spirits Mm -hmm. and really dig deep and move how our spirit tell us tell, tells us to move, not how mm. clock, calendar, mm. or anybody tells us to move. And you know, mm. that's, yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah. Keep on that. Hey, what time
2: is it right now, y'all? Something powerful is happening right now. Eleven nineteen. Yo, so eleven fourteen, uh, and it's we're still in the middle of it. But the, the The complete solar eclipse that's happening right now mm-hmm. is the max. Mm-hmm it's uh peaking right now mm. and so i was like wow. where am i gonna be where am i gonna be at wow. the peak of the eclipse i'm gonna be i'm gonna be right here with y'all yes. wow. Man, it's literally that. Yeah. right yeah. now yeah. the complete yeah. solar eclipse and the new moon and sagittarius so much is clearing space is clearing as we move into the age of aquarius mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's something that my father I didn't get this line from him, but I feel like it, it it's something I say all the time and it came from the way he lived, that we are our own walking currency. Mm. We are our own walking currency. Absolutely. So my brother, Johanse, he used to laugh at me. He's like, man, you the brokest world traveler I know. He's like, <laughs> man, you go, you go more places than anybody else <laughs> I know and you got less money than anybody in the family. I'm like, hey, because I show up, right? Energetically ready to give and receive knowing that I don't need a motherfucking dollar
1: Man, listen. because
2: the experience, the, the money don't mean nothing. And, and there's going to be a time in the not too distant future. And it's already happening where education as we know it and money as we know it will literally be rendered obsolete. Yeah. And you will be, you will move on the planet based on what you are actually worth, what you are actually, what your energetic currency and frequency is giving. This is why my daddy, times he had tens of millions in the bank and times he didn't have a dime, but he moved through the earth the same and nobody would have known the difference because he was clear that he was his own walking currency. You know what I'm saying? And we go back to a time where I have something of value in exchange for something you have of value and ain't no dead president on a piece of paper that will be even in the mix. You see what I'm saying? And so this solar eclipse and all of these amazing, powerful uh, uh, things that are happening in the cosmos are clearing the space right now for us to just truly exist as we are, as we honestly and truly are. And so I feel that, I mean, I don't even know how I, I remember last year uh, when I was getting ready to go to Ghana and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to Ghana. I really wasn't working. I wasn't, you know, and I was just like, but I just know I'm going. I didn't have a rent much less money to get to Ghana. But I knew I was going and I had a gratitude group and we were talking, I was like, I'm going to Ghana and I'm this, that, the other. And um, I kept I kept giving my art away you know I'm like dang I'm just giving it away giving it away giving it away meanwhile <laughs> rent not paid I wasn't mm-hmm. worried about it I said mm-hmm. I am not worrying about money yes. no more. I stopped worrying about money two and two years ago and so i was mm-hmm. like let this let this magic work you know I'm gonna continue to show up I'm gonna continue to give it away and I remember uh it, w- it was a uh, appeal the appeal uh organization um that was started by Baba Lasana Mack uh, they were having a fundraiser at the at the uh, Howard Theater. And so Free, my sister Free and I, we were performing alongside other artists. And so yet yeah, it was another event that I was doing for, you know, nonprofit African-centered organization. We were just giving our time. And I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, I don't know how I'm getting a Ghana, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep showing up. And Free, and we were backstage and Free was like, she had an envelope in her hand. She said, thank, say thank you in advance. I said, what? She said, just say thank you. I said, thank you. She gave me this envelope, inside the envelope was a check for $2,500. I was like, what's this for, right? And she said, this is a this is a deposit check for uh, one of the gigs that you're gonna do for Black History Month. I wasn't even thinking about it. I didn't even know it was, was happening. Mm. And so I was like, oh, here go Ghana right here. Right, right here. Just take <laughs> ticket, take, care, take care. And even when I got, even when I went to Ghana in, in December, I really didn't have that much money with me because again, my, my nephew had just passed, I was zoned out. I wasn't working, I wasn't thinking about doing anything to, um, to generate income. I just knew, look, I'm healing right now, right? And so when I got to Ghana, little did I know, a friend of mine had already sent money ahead to take care of everything that I needed. I had no clue. And in the past, I never would have gone out of the country that far mm-hmm. with so little money on me. But something mm-hmm. was just like, I ain't worried about all that. Mm-hmm. You get there. Mm-hmm. You get there and let everything work itself out. And so now, yeah. you know, even being here, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here till the new year. You know, like I'm going to just, yeah. I ain't, the, universe, the universe deals with the how. That's, that's, yes. the, that's my pay grade. I ain't dealing with that's the how. <laughs> i deal dealing with the yes. And thank you, and I and I'm yeah, grateful. Yeah, and beyond that, it's a beautiful place to be when you really recognize that that is literally how the universe works. You mm-hmm. know, it ain't no sometimes, it ain't no kindness. Mm-hmm. Of- it's what it is, yeah. and it will show up to the extent that you believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, shit, I'm you know. I'm ready for the next level, mama, baba, you know. mm, And Daddy, yes. I, I talk to Daddy all the time. He's always mm. downloading. Yeah. I'm always in communication mm-hmm. with him. And so I'm I'm also grateful for that. But mm. yeah.
0: so, my goodness. Yeah, I just uh well, I Patrice is over there having church I, while you was where? talking. I heard her uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> she I, has I, a tendency I, of ad-libbing I people's I verses, say. I say. She on her bust the rhymes.
1: I, you, so, they already know, but you don't, sister. But I, so I haven't, you know, I haven't had, I, I trained full-time, I haven't had, a, a, I haven't had full-time income in going on nine months now. Wow. I mean, none, no government assistance, no food wow. stamps, no nothing. And, nothing. oh my God, this is so powerful. I've never heard anyone say that, what you just said about currency, about it not having value. we it, it is an illusion. And I tell my son this all the time. Money and yes, its ma'am. value is an illusion. Yes, and if ma'am. you don't see it as that, then you move differently and you know your power. And I always tell people like, if, even if I got $5, I leave out the house like I got $5 billion, because I know that the universe is going to provide everything that I need. Now, that's yes, not to say sometimes I'm like, you know, Lord, this is... I don't know what's going on, happening. Absolutely, they, you know, like, absolutely. You know, you ha- I have a little- sure, for sure. But for sure. Like, right now, I'm like in a space, I'm like, you know what? I just told them, everything is aligning. I know that I might not have had any income coming in in a sense of income in a capitalistic society sense, but I have a wealth of income coming in from the universe and the people around me that are aligned to be there i, I yes. love that i love yes. what you said you said i'm gonna make it here. i'm gonna stay here you you all you have to do is say that you manifest it it's going to happen and believe in that and not not what's on a green piece of paper that means absolutely true. the
0: truth all right it's
1: i'm done dave
0: i swear <laughs> no nah, nah, it's a blessing like those words are definitely definitely <laughs> it, it, thank you so much for your words i want to um I want to talk a little bit about, He stepped out of the room, but I want to talk a little bit about Jay. Um, um, something that you touched on, Ayana, about the, the young people dealing with um, the way the world is right now and, uh, and the struggles that they go through. I don't really talk too much about um, news stories. I kind of leave that to the news. We talk more about trending topics. Um, but there was something recently, you know, I know you all heard about the, the little one-year-old boy that was, um, that was killed on, on Southern Avenue. Uh, in the car with his father, and then the uh, there was a two-year-old. I think it was in P.G. County that was shot in the leg recently. I think right after that, and just um, the <laughs> the the abundance of violence and and uh, and the hate that's been pointed toward our young people uh, recently. And so I just um, wanted to take this opportunity in that spirit to talk a little bit about um, uh, people like uh, our own Son. And then yes. others like uh, uh, people like uh, in, in this area, like MoVetta and a couple of other people who really put focus and time into the young people and how um, how important yes. it is to have, have groups like like Cedar United uh, that Jason is a part of that are uh, they're taking the time to uh, instill in these children, taking the time to invest, excuse me, in these children's future and invest in them by pouring into them uh, as young people because young people who are confused and, and who uh, have that that lack of, of of respect for life and what it is and the currency that we hold turn into adults who have that. So catching them when they're young and instilling in them, you know, um, just the power that they wield is such a powerful thing. Jay, um, I know I haven't heard too much about uh, Cedar United recently. Uh, have you guys been working on anything? Yeah, I mean we all the time, uh, you know,
4: because uh, we just had to uh, help. Uh, provide like a memorial for another young brother, fifteen years mm. old, and mm. just you know, you know, his mom contacted us um, <clears throat> just in regards to helping like organize a, a memorial for him. So man, I mean, we always working, man. So don't I mean we we got it. we we established a nonprofit so that we could get funding, uh, you know, but we was doing this out our pocket. You know i've been doing all you know basically my whole life which is why yeah. you know a lot of people came to me in regards to uh providing some structure to it and uh shout out to trayon white our council member for supporting us and um putting us in rooms and meetings and positions where we could uh you know uh actually well i mean it's interesting dave like the whole thing you just spoke of like like the violence with the youth and all of that man it's just you know, we, we well, I ain't gonna say we all, but collectively, uh, we aren't aware of the war against us in our communities. And so I don't even think it's the young people, like, all oh, the young people, this young people. It's like, nah, man, it's like, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems with our inability to organize and mobilize our communities is the school. Like, they the problem. And uh, it is these institutions that we lean towards for help and support, you know, which are the problems, you know, and uh, it's, it's hard to convey that. And so in the vein of like the Frederick Douglass quote, where it's like, it's, it's easier to raise, you know, uh, children than a broken man, um, you know. I ain't scared of that at work. I go talk to the broken men and the broke, like, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it's easy. It's easier to instill things in children because they haven't had the time of indoctrination just pressed over them throughout the years and then life and the illusion of money and bills and just health struggles. So it's like you get to a point where you just, so it's easier to communicate certain, you know, ideas And information to young people, but you know, as we see, like that ain't the answer either. It's like we, Mm -hmm. like one of my things, which you know, it ain't been coined or nothing, but I, I don't, I don't see different generations. Like nigga, if you alive right now, you in my generation. Mm -hmm. If you one or you one hundred and fifteen, like we in the same generation, because Mm -hmm. that means at this particular time we can Mm -hmm. organize and mobilize.
3: Mm -hmm. so it's
4: like you my generation like you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. you know I I don't know Dave it's like we ain't doing nothing special man and it's like I don't even like like props and accolades and shit it's just like you know I'm in a community where it's it's, I'm connected to them so it's just like I'm putting in the work in my community like I'm putting in the work in myself like I try to keep myself healthy and I try to keep myself Mm -hmm. you know aware and alert and you know what I'm saying, and and prepared. So it's just like, I just view my community the same way I view myself. So it's like, I ain't doing like no extra charitable, you know, it's like, 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 nah, nigga, if you alive, when I'm alive, I'm trying to help you because I'm gonna need your help. And so it's like, the the more we understand that shit, I don't give a fuck how old you are. You four years old, you 50 years old. It's like, I'm gonna try to help you, you know what I'm saying, unless, you show your hand, were well, you trying to hurt me or harm me or something like that? But anything short of that, like I'm here to support anybody who, who needs it and that I can help because I feel like that person is me. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? When I'm talking to these youngers on the <laughs> block, I'm talking to me. When I'm talking to their parents, I'm talking to me. When I'm talking to my children, I'm talking to me. When I'm talking to my their teacher. teachers, I'm talking to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I appreciate the acknowledgement Day, yeah. but uh, the only reason we we made it official and got incorporated as an official, not matter of fact, well, I seen Ayana out in, in our hood working, uh, building in our community, trying to help the young people, and I think that's why she and I got such a great bond and connection because we didn't grow up with each other, but we grew up seeing each other's work and commitment Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like she i think she probably i don't i can't speak for but she's still the same motherfucker way i feel you know what i'm saying it's like Mm -hmm. it ain't really about me like i don't i don't need no title or no recognition Mm -hmm. i I need i need to win you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying i need i need for us to not be oppressed i need for us to 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 understand that the god that we got in each other and so it's like as long as I got breath, like that's the like fuck I'm going to do. Like I didn't choose it. Like to be honest, I wish I wasn't wired this way. It would be a lot less stressful and a lot more easy going. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But it's yeah, like yeah. I seem to be connected to the struggle and the and the mistreatment uh, of people around the world. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, you know, like some, some energy was formed in the universe. Like, yeah, nigga, go help, go. Like, all right, yeah. all right. I'm <laughs> here now, nigga, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but thank yeah. you for the recognition, Dave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely.
0: But we are, Can I, I mean, say to something? To your
4: question, we always working, man. We always trying to, to better
0: our community. man. Definitely. Ayanna, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I just, I gotta, I gotta say this about you, Jason. Um, I bear witness. I bear witness to you and I see I see you as a phenomenal connector. And I mean that energetically, I mean that spiritually, I mean that in every way. And what you said about, you know, not really caring it could be four or uh, 104, I see that in you. I see that I've seen you sit at the feet of, you know, Mama Januar and Baba Marvin, I see you in your hood. I see you um, in the arts world. I see you in all of these worlds and you are the same. You are the same everywhere you go. And it's like your your reputation precedes you because you are the real deal. You are a real one. And most most importantly, um, you care on a level that is pretty rare at this, you yeah, know, particular yeah. point in time in in, in our existence. And I, I feel like you are you are ancient and you are new, you are old, you are young, and that's why, that's why it really makes you no know difference where you are, and what age, what age range you are moving through, um, who you're connecting with, you can go anywhere on the planet, and stand flat-footed, and know that you are going to be respected, not just because you like, oh, I deserve respect, but because, because you are a conduit, you know what I mean, like, you show up, to move something, you show up to move a spiritual agenda. You show up to, you know, as a as an integral part of the old and the young. And so that's why, to me, you are very, very dangerous to uh, the, the the quote unquote status quo because you break every barrier, every single one. Mm-hmm. Because because you recognize that they literally don't exist. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you're so powerful because you bring, you recognize the royalty that exists in the hood. Because you are that, and you bring that, and it ain't no thing for you to sit, you know, you know, at at, at a at a Kwanzaa event, uh, you know what I'm saying, versus being in the hood, on the corner with the brothers or with the youngins, you know, snatching them up, and 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 you have that quote unquote street credibility. One because, to me, just because you live in the street. Uh, or, or from the streets from the hood doesn't mean that you have street credibility to me your credibility become is is because um you are a real king and you have you have the courage of a real warrior because that is what you are that's what you embody so i mean i know you don't like the props and all that but it has to be said because you are such a, a, a an important connector where you stand and how you stand at this particular hour you were you were divinely planted here at this time and you had to be here right here at this time as the as one thing is is dying out and another thing is shifting into existence, mm. individuals like yourself are are so important. And so I see I see you I see you in every environment, and you are you everywhere you
3: go. And I love that. Yeah,
0: thank you, Queen. Mm. I appreciate you. Definitely, and and that's why I thought it was important uh, not only to take the time to recognize him, but to recognize you, Jay, but um, also to have you. You know uh here like i've seen that you too and you know from growing up around you and seeing like from a youngin and seeing it going from oh he's just a cool guy so he's a dope artist to actually seeing the the metamorphosis of what you are and what you can be and what you've come to be you know what i'm saying it's such a strong powerful thing you know as a black man to see that in another black man and as a human being to see that in another human being so it's, it's dope uh, so, yeah, I know, like I said, like, and like, um, i honest, uh, like, y'all, like, I know man. you don't like the, you know, accolades, but you deserve it. And, and yeah. You
3: and you're an amazing artist. Amazing yeah. artist. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Thank you, you I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all, y'all yeah. making me get a
0: little emotional up in this motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Pull it together, nigga. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, nigga. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's an awesome segue into uh, this interview um with the incomparable ayana gregory Uh, again thank you so much for joining us today um it's great to have you here and to be able to um share energy with you um i want to start by taking it back a little bit um something that i I ask a lot of people uh that come on if if you if you remember when you were younger and people would ask you what you wanted to be when you grow up do you remember what your answer was a singer a singer so it's always been in
2: Yeah, the irony is that when I was young, I wanted to sing, but then when I got older, like when I was in high school and college, I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna. I, I studied something completely different. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And for me, it's like you go all the way around the world only to discover you just want to come home. So right. I got to a point yeah. where I got a little older. I said, "Oh, singing's not important. That's a hobby. That's just something mm-hmm. I do on the side." And the universe was like. We, we trying to show you something right here. Right. We trying to give you something and you but it's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah.
0: It's like yeah. it's supposed to be hard.
2: Really? It's supposed to be hard.
0: So
2: I had All to come right. back around to it. But initially, yeah, I did. I wanted to sing.
0: That's dope. That's dope. And so I was gonna uh, ask, uh, you kinda answered with with um, regards to performance, um and all the things that you manifest artistically, at what point did you realize that that would be something that you wanted to devote time and focus to, um, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, taking a more beaten path and, you know, getting uh, nine to five and things of that nature.
2: So um, I was at Howard University. I went to Hampton for a year. (laughs) I went to Hampton from 89 to 90 for my freshman year. And then, uh, I knew I was gonna get kicked out of school because all of that, this was this was right before um, Nelson Mandela was released from prison and it's when the Bush, first Bush was in office, the first Persian Gulf War. So it was a lot happening. So student activism was really, you know, hot. And uh, the president of Hampton was, you know, very conservative and Republican. And so didn't he didn't like activism at all. So they they were they were expelling students left and right. So I called my my mom and dad. I was like, look, I got to get out of Hampton. I I need to get to Howard because they just making things happen at Howard. And so I transferred to Howard and I started to become a part of the student movements there, you know, um, and it felt right. I felt like it felt like a renaissance of the 60s in the early 90s at, at, mm-hmm. in D.C. and at Howard. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and hip hop, you know, was like public enemy X clan care. Everybody was just that was it was they were upholding um, word sound power and music movements that were really powerful. So I was like, wow, you know, I think because I was studying psychology and sociology
1: yeah.
2: and I didn't know what I was going to do with that. But then I started you know my first experience singing was through a bullhorn you know so I'm singing freedom songs and protest songs and I'm just accompanying the other activists and stuff and so I became sort of a musical component of the movement at Howard and then it was a couple of years later uh, still early 90s, there was a brother named Naya Suma, from born and raised in D.C. Master percussionist and he formed a group called 2000 Black. And, and it was like a, you know, edutainment group. He had, it was such a, uh, he had a lot of solo artists come together. And, um, you know, we played uh, hip hop, go-go, funk, um, R&B, world beat you know afro beat and and that was really my introduction to music because before that i was just singing a cappella. i didn't know how to sing I, you know I'm, I'm singing in different keys i could change my key without having to think about it because i wasn't singing with music so i didn't and because i wasn't musically trained um once i started performing with 2000 black that was really my first tutelage musically and really understanding like musicianship and what does it mean to, you know, listen to chords and, and make sure that I'm singing on key within a chord structure and things like that. And so, and even with that, I, I still kind of thought it was somewhat of a hobby uh, until I started working in the DC public schools and I was working teaching and counseling. And I remember working at this after school program at Martha's Table down on 14th street with these t- uh, teenagers. And, um, you know, we trying to get them to take their headphones off to pay attention to whatever the lesson is. And I'm like, man, if I could get inside the headphones, you know, we trying <clears> to do all this stuff to to get their attention, but if I could get inside the headphones, because, you know, it, it saddened me that the music that they listened to was the music that the adults listened to, which to me was so inappropriate for for their mental development. I'm like, there's nothing for kids. There's nothing, nothing that the kids can listen to, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I wrote my first album, Beautiful Flower, um, with the with these with the with 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 DC youngins just the the (laughs) between about 13 to 17 year olds as my backdrop you know so i was testing stuff out on them and they were my inspiration they were they were the reason that i wrote those songs and um there's a song that i put on my first album called warriors rise and it's the one and only song i ever recorded with my father and um it just speaks to what I wanted to give them in the word I'm trying to think of the um, the song. I have, it's, it's such an old song now, but I'm trying to remember the words. This is a freedom song meant to go around the world. Critical time everywhere in the world. Wake up, wake up, because we stand at war. Please ask yourself, what are you living for? So you say you're a no limit soldier, but you're living off the lies that they told you about what and who you are. You ain't never been a thug, you was born a star. With all the ice and the platinum chains, I guess slavery has a new name. Willie Lynch gets to win again every time we hurt each other for material ends. Baby girl, your body not for show. The money he give can't feed your soul. Don't you know you hold the world in your hands? So change the game, respect yourself, and the world will follow. Warriors rise! I see the fire in your eyes. Take back your life. Take back your life. Warriors rise! I see the fire in your eyes. Take back your life. Take back your life. I remember that song was inspired by the mm. people I was working with.
0: I, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of more questions, but I kind of oh. just want you to sing for the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man, and, and like I said, you know, um, coming into your music uh, and doing research for the interview, you know, like I said, in our email conversations, uh, just hearing your stuff for the first time, it just, I was, it was so blown away uh, by the, the musicianship. The attention to artistry and and just the uh, the prolific nature of the message, you know, what I'm saying every every song felt it had an energy. And- and a, and a focus and a drive to it, and and I love that. And and different artists There's some other artistic stuff I'm gonna ask you about uh, later. But I wanna uh, stay on my path here. So I have a two-part question for you. Um, uh, staying in like uh, the early years of your development and your life. Um, hold on, hold on, Dave. Oh, okay. I, I got this. <laughs> okay, this is how we. Uh, this, Jay just jumps in there whenever he wants to. Go ahead. <laughs> and I oh, let him because yeah, he's dope uh, enough to do oh, it. Go yeah, ahead, sir. what
4: it, Ayana? Said again. How many how many kids are there in in the uh, in the in, in the family? Family. Mm-hmm.
2: There are ten of us: seven girls and three boys. And
4: y'all all grew up together.
2: Yep, <clears throat> same mother, Weren't same like father. On the farm first, man, we had such a crazy upbringing. Yeah, we were we we were all born in Chicago in 1973. My father moved us. Nope. Still to this day, nobody really knows why. From from South Side of Chicago, um, I call, I would say to moved it from the South Side of Chicago to the middle of nowhere, Plymouth, Massachusetts. So we was in the woods on 300 acres. Um, yeah, he was he was trying to raise these nature babies, and I can't tell you how strange we were in America growing up. These young black kids in an all-white area, uh, vegetarians. This was way before vegetarian, even before the word vegan was invented. Uh, mm-hmm. It was not. It was not easy being vegetarian in the '70s. We were like strange creatures to the planet, and uh, it was it was a wild ride. You know, Dad was like, in some ways, I mean, he was brilliant, but in other ways, he was like a big kid. Making shit up as he went and be like and experimenting with us,
3: and so it was like
2: you never really knew what was next. You never knew, um, you never knew how the rules were gonna change. So it was it was it was exciting. It was petrifying. Uh, it was it was irritating at times. It was scary and it was beautiful you know I didn't I don't I didn't know anything but that so I didn't know how different it was until I began to go into other households you know what I'm saying but like our daily diet was we knew that the phone's lines were tapped you know and one of the things um people who saw my one woman show daughter the struggle they've seen this but uh you know my sisters they would like they knew that the FBI was tapping the phone line. So they would like make jokes and talk to the FBI directly. Like, you know, like we know y'all listening. So we want to get y'all
3: really listening to (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) We gonna put this
2: on the show. But yeah, it was like, you know, death threats. And you know, you might have some people call in the house talking about they gonna kill you dad. Uh, So we knew the interesting thing. And this this is how, how spiritual my dad was. Like not only did he know he was, I mean when i say they had a file on my dad like Mm. this it was like they tried to poison him they tried to they so many and this was overseas too you know you're talking about stuff uh when he was in you know russia and um uh where was it? it was in russia uh It was like, you know, Secret Service in in other countries that was showing up as his bodyguards that were like scheduled to poison him and all kinds of things. But it was like Mm. the way that it just worked out. Um, I remember one time my mom told me he was, you know, he was beaten up, arrested all the time. And my mom was arrested all the time too. Oftentimes she'd be eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant down in Selma, down in Mississippi, you know. Mm. And and, um, I remember one time, she said there were like six cops on dad. It was like these cop cars that convened to block him from going they were gonna arrest him. And, and so, you know, they dirty. So not only are they gonna arrest you, they are gonna beat you up, they're gonna take your wallet. They gonna, they gonna do what, you know, dirty cops do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so they, um, she said she was watching in horror as these cops, it was like six cops on them. And she said it looked like something out of a cartoon where you just see like a ball of mm. just a ball, you know, right, and just right. dust, just flying. Right. And so she was pregnant, you know, it was nothing she could do. And so as the dust settles, she said, she saw the cops leaving, getting back in their car, and my father untouched, bending <clears> over, <throat> picking up his wallet, putting it back in his pocket and slowly walking to the cop car on his own time and in his own terms to go to jail. And so there were so many mm. moments like that cause she's like not not nothing on his body, not a mark, not a scar, his, his, his clothes were unruffled. And, um, you know, mm. you just think about the way that the universe protects you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really think that that's why, you know, daddy made an agreement with the creator in the universe a long time ago that said, his every waking moment would be given to the movement. And in exchange for that, daddy left here when he was good and ready. He, he had, you know, he rode that thing till the wheels fell off. You know, mm. they came for him in every direction possible. And he knew that his work here uh, was, uh, was gonna be long. He knew that it was gonna be a long journey. And he knew that he was gonna leave when it was just his time to go. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why the, the money that he made, um, we never even knew how much money he made until after he was gone. And we're looking at books and receipts and we like, this man made so much money, but he did not live like it because he flew away. And that's that piece we were talking about of just being your own walking currency. It's like mm-hmm. when he was doing the Bahamian Diet in the 80s, it was like, except my brother was showing me the books, it was like just from 1980 to 80, no, 84 to 85, it was like he grossed $140 million. So he had to have personally walked away with at least 10. Now, no, if you would have seen the way we was living, we wasn't living like that.
3: No. We had a big old house, but that
2: Joker was falling apart. He did not care. Everything that came in went to the movement. He was not playing, it was not a game. So it was like, no, I'm not, you know, you see these, you know, these, these ballers and quote unquote shot callers who were like, oh, you know, they got their own plane or they chartered a plane so that they could you know, have have lunch in Paris for the day. It's like nigga, no, Daddy was Mm -hmm. chartering planes all right. He was chartering planes to go down to uh, you know, Greenwood, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi to bring you know, tons of pounds of food to the people who were being starved because they were being pressed out because the people didn't want them to vote. You know, so that's like Mm -hmm. to me, when you talk about shot caller, don't come to me with anything else unless you're talking about that level of sacrifice with Mm -hmm. your money. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. like I don't know anything else I don't know and that's why honestly the music the musical journey for me was not an easy one because the music industry I don't I don't know that world and I don't really want to know that world So my my peers were like look Yanni you got a gift you got to do x y and z you got to get signed you got to but my spirit honestly was uh it was like um I feel like it was I would take I would take two steps back two steps forward and ten steps backwards mm. because I was like um, what's the word I was self um, what's the word I'm looking for I can't find my words um, but I was basically I was afraid of what I could become in in that They'll world sabotage. And so I would self-sabotage. Yeah. I was yes. really self-sabotage and I went through a lot of serious depression, you know, in mm. my 20s and 30s because I felt like a failure as a singer. Mm. Um but it really was that my spirit was meant for something different. You mm. know, I, I was clear that this music was really about a healing in any direction I went that veered off from that universe was like, no, you're gonna pay for that. You know, mm. you, you try to fit, you try to fit into any lane other than what is your birthright, then it's not going to work out for you. And so because of that, you know, I felt like, you know, I watched other people grow and soar and I felt like, damn, look at, look at this person, look at, look at what, and, and, and what am I doing? And I haven't put out an album in X amount of years and I'm not, and it was really just my spirit that was like, no, it's not about the, the material physical world. That's an illusion. How you are showing up in this moment is the journey, baby girl. Mm-hmm. That's the journey. Mm-hmm. So really getting to that point because it was that was heavy lesson for me, and I'm still getting it. But that piece right there, feeling like a failure in my field and feeling like I didn't grow and fit, but I was I was looking at it. I was using a different um, measuring system that was foreign to my spirit. And my spirit was like that. Ain't yeah. the that ain't the that ain't the stick right there. That ain't it you know so i know i went all
0: the way around oh no that's good it's good you preaching right now you preaching right now we appreciate it and um yeah just um wow so uh, so like just uh, but yeah like we talked about having that spiritual wherewithal to listen to that and understand you know um that if you're not uh you said if you're if you're not um uh, pursuing your birthright. That's such a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people right now, um, you know, uh, myself being around the music industry, I know Jay being around the music industry, and even with Patrice being around people who are uh, pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors and things of that nature who are going through that depression, that sense of, fa- of failing, that sense of not understanding their birthright or their truth. Um, what advice, just uh, coming out of that on the other end and, and, and being able to flourish uh, in your life beyond that, what advice would you give people going through it right now? What would you say to them?
2: Wow, I would say be kind to yourself first. I would say be very kind to yourself. Uh, be very gentle with yourself and ask yourself if there was no such thing as celebrity, if there was no such thing as likes, if there was no such thing as status, what would you want to do with your art? Mm. If, if, if literally, because celebrity is an illusion. If, if none of those things existed,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, what, what does your heart say around the why, the what you want to create, and the why? Because that is what's golden. That's the treasure. That's the piece right there. You know what I'm saying? Because we can tweak it to the left or tweak it to the, tweak it to the right, uh, because of packaging, because of branding. And I'm very uncomfortable with the with the word brand, just because of what we went through as Africans enslaved. Um, mm-hmm. But just that whole beyond, you know, what, what does the universe know about a brand? <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> or care about a brand and I'm not saying that there's no value in it but I'm saying there's 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 that and then there's something beyond that and so let that be the guide even if even if you even if you have a spiritual message and a powerful message and you allow it to be packaged and movement I, that's all fine and good like like Jason I don't really care at the end of the day what you do, like everybody got to do it in a way that works for them. You ain't got to do it the way I do it or the way I think it works. Mm-hmm. but, but I, what I will say is I, I pray that, that how you do it serves your soul and serves your spirit, especially at this hour because everything is in the process of changing. and so mm-hmm. if you married to something the way that it was, you're gonna get your feel- you're about to get your feelings hurt when you realize that you were studying something that was fleeting something that had no intrinsic value. And so for me, it's like, what is truly golden, what will still be standing after this thing called Hollywood falls, after the music, after all of these things that were built on ego falls, what will be standing? So I would say, be gentle, uh, be kind to yourself and really, and, and really uh, get quiet, you know? Be in a space at some point in time of the day where you're not talking and nobody else is. And you can just listen to what's being, what's trying to come through you. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. for real, for real. And be okay with being emotional. Be okay with not having figured it out. I I can, um, I want to share this because it just came to me. um, This was about maybe 2015. My dad was honored by Oprah Winfrey. It was him and like maybe 14 other uh, pioneers. It was called Legends Who Paved The Way. And so they were honoring Dick Gregory and um, Jesse Jackson and um, CT Vivian, and and, um, it was a bunch of the um, Merle Evers, uh, Medgar Evers' wife, and just a lot of the the civil rights pioneers, right? And so we're in Santa Barbara, this fabulous resort, and everybody that I have ever met or even thought about meeting in Hollywood and the music industry was there, you know, everyone. And so I'm there and, I'm, and I remember, I'm shy. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that really likes to share with other people what I do. I'm just kind of like, um, I'm not good at that, you know? So unless somebody else is there like, hey, let me introduce you to Ayana. she, I'm not gonna do it for myself. But this time my brother, he was like, look, you know, I really need you to, Ava DuVernay is gonna be there. I really want you to talk to her about this. And I need you to talk to Tyler Perry about that. And if you see, you know, uh, baby face, I want you. And so I was like, ah, oh, that's not really my style. But I felt like, okay, well, maybe I'll I'll reach out to them on behalf of my brother or my sister or whatever, right? And so I was doing, I attempted to do something that didn't come natural to me. And that was like sell myself. And while I was doing it, I felt like a complete fool. Mm. I mm. really did because it was not, it didn't come natural to me the way I was doing it. And I remember, mm. I remember um, <clears throat> that. in in reaching out to some of these folks, right? I felt um, in that moment, I kind of diminished my own worth it wasn't conscious but it was happening you know i was in the presence of somebody else and it was like in that moment i absolutely took something away from my own worthiness i didn't want to do it but it was happening right and i'm like oh so that was bothering me i felt like i just was not comfortable in my own skin in that moment right and i've never really been comfortable you know times i've traveled with dad Unless I'm with, you know, folks like Stevie Wonder who are just so real, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, who just, he's just a real one, you know? So it's like, you just can't help but be yourself around him. But, um, so anyway, it was just like, I, I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm in this environment, I feel uncomfortable. I, I, I felt like I didn't even breathe properly the whole day. And so I remember mm-hmm. um, the night was over, I was just feeling drained and I was in this tight ass dress. I could breathe anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to keep my stomachy, and Ben <laughs> Vereen, y'all know Ben Vereen, the actor yeah, and singer, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, from uh, Roots and you know Broadway and stuff. But Ben Vereen, old school, old school uh, actor and singer and performer, he walks up to me and he sees me right, and he's got this baseball cap on that says "Spiritual Enforcer," and he's walking mm-hmm. around barefoot the whole day, like he is just like vibing to a whole, whole other vibration, right? And so mm-hmm. he walks up to me and he says, "Breathe, daughter." Mm. And I'm like, "How? How you know? How you know I ain't breathing? What do you know?"
3: <laughs> and so
2: I breathed, right? I was like, "Ooh!" And in that moment, you, you don't know that you haven't breathed until you breathe.
3: Right. And like,
2: <laughs> yeah. The whole day I went without really breathing and realized, dang, wow. you just uncomfortable, just pent up. And so mm-hmm. then he said, "Come walk with me." So we walk out of the out of the ballroom and everybody's you know at this point the main events over Mm. you know i'm looking you know magic johnson and his wife is starting the, the uh well not the cupid shuffle the uh one of them line dances. everybody you know ellen and every you know everybody's just doing their thing right Mm -hmm. so i leave with um i leave with ben with baba ben and we walk to another part of the resort where nobody is I don't know what he says to me, but next thing I know, I'm like on the ground crying and I'm just wailing and I'm just like, I started singing these freedom songs and he was just whispering in my ear and he was like, daughter, this world isn't for you. He said, what you came to bring to the planet, they don't have anything to do with that here. Mm. And as he's talking, the more I'm crying, the more, you know, I realize he saw me and the universe knew that I needed in that moment someone to see me, mm. to help me to help me see me,
3: see, right, you know? Right,
2: right. And so right. going back around to the question, like one, surround yourself with people that make you feel good. And when I say that, I don't just mean good like yes men or yes women, I mean people who are good to your spirit, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. we attach ourselves to people who we think can take us places and, you know, they may be mm-hmm. using us, we using them um, because we think, oh, I see their relationship with such and such, I'm going to, but it's not a real authentic relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And so at this point in time, I'm like, really let it be your own agenda, you know, because I'll be honest, like, even when I went to, uh, I went to Dave Chappelle's summer camp uh, in Yellow Springs, you know, and I had people in my ear like, well, make sure you do this when you see Dave, make sure you get. This footage and make sure you get that. And it really, like, you know, I had to remember, like, and people mean well, you know, even with my Mm -hmm. relationship with Stevie Wonder back in the day, they're like, well, you got to get a single with Stevie, you got to get it. And it's like, yeah, I just, at this point, I'm just looking for an authentic connection and to be mentored by this giant. And mm-hmm. I wanna be at least one person that doesn't need anything from him. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so it's just like, you know, I feel like it's important to not move on other people's agenda. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because other people are, are thinking in terms of, this is what you need to do. This is what it needs to look like. And if you really wanna mm-hmm. build you know your brand. You gotta, and 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 people mean well. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. mean well, mm-hmm. and and it may work. And, and it may be that that what they say works for you, but make sure that it works for your spirit first. Like, let that mm-hmm. be the litmus test. That has got to resonate with your spirit first, and from there like absolutely you know let it Mm -hmm. let it go from there so I just those are the things that I would say Mm -hmm. that I have learned because I've moved on things that other people have suggested and I'm like damn why did I do that Mm -hmm. I wasn't even feeling that for me Mm -hmm. that was not what I was feeling for me I remember Mm -hmm. being in a place this was back in the day when I was first starting we were at the Lincoln Theater me and my uh James McKinney, who's like my was at the time my manager and music producer. Shout and out to James. Uh, music director. Shout good out to James. James. Good, good brother. And that's when you know you got real ones when they still with you like 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's you know produced all my albums and co-wrote a lot of my most of the music. But um, we mm-hmm. were somewhere and it was like, you know, all these um record execs and and you know how they do sometimes, they'd be like, uh, yeah, sing something for me right on the spot. And so mm-hmm. I was so young and so I'm looking at him, I'm looking like, what do I do? And I remember singing something and feeling so empty inside cause I felt like I was on an auction block, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was a lesson, it was a lesson for us later it was like, never again will we be sideswiped like that. Cause not- nothing, normally I'm with my dad and nobody really steps to me when, I, when dad is there like that. You right, know what right. I mean? Cause they just, mm-hmm. they don't. And so, but I was like, I felt like, damn, I just felt like I was, it didn't feel right, you know? And so, mm. you know, it was like that fast talking, oh, you know, baby, I can, I can do things for you. We can, I can take you places. Say something yeah. for me, go, go, you yeah. know? And it yeah. just felt, it felt so cheap and it felt um demeaning. And, right. and so many people are like, you know, willing, you know? And again, it's, it's really no judgment, but I know for me, I'm such a sensitive spirit. I'm a very mm. sensitive spirit. And I'm gonna tell you something, when I was growing up in Plymouth, Massachusetts, um. My dad used to, he trained us how to run, you know, he was a serious runner. So we would, we would go the mile, mile standards was the name of the state forest. It was, it was uh, two miles from the house. So we would do a four mile run. We would have, it would be these mandatory runs, which we hated. But then later I loved it because I'm like, daddy taught us to, taught us to train and taught me how to listen to my own rhythm. Taught me how to mm-hmm. listen to God. He was doing all these things without us knowing, you know? But because we had to do it, we didn't want to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, we had to we had to go camping on our own land Like it was really teaching us things that we were like, do we have to do that? But anyway, so (laughs) we were running to the state forest. And so after he taught us to train to run, I started running on my own And so I would run Into the state forest and I would be just surrounded, you know, just in the middle of this amazing uh, Powerful god force in nature right and that was right around the same time that I started really getting into Stevie Wonder and um I found all these old records in my in my in my in my parents in the den and one of them was Stevie Wonder's Secret Life of Plants I lost my mind I was like because I really you know Ayana means beautiful flower and I really Mm -hmm. felt so much kinship with plants And so I started singing to the trees and I could feel their presence. I could feel their their life force and, you know, trees, you know, and I was always, quote unquote, weird. I was always a loner, uh, which is weird to have, you know, nine siblings and still be a loner, but I was. And so I found my home. Like I was like, this is is where, and I always felt like I would probably die in the woods somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. But I felt like um, I was singing all these songs from the Secret Life of Plants album. And I felt like, being a star, um, that I was a star, a cosmic star, and that I, I wanted to be recognized by mother nature um, as, mm-hmm. as one of their own. And so that's why it was always a conflict, the idea of seeking stardom in the industry because my spirit mm-hmm. was always like, you are nature's star. And so Stevie Mm -hmm. Wonder's song, Black Orchid, when you get a chance, I'm sure you've heard it, but listen to it Mm -hmm. again, Black Orchid. I felt Mm -hmm. like Stevie was talking directly to me and it always reminded me, baby girl, remember, just remember when all that man has built has fallen down, just Mm -hmm. remember the star that you actually are, that we Mm -hmm. all are, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's really, you know, taking it all the way back home, all the stuff that I did interact with in the industry to, to a small extent. Cause I right. would sabotage, you know, Dad would mm. get me uh, meetings with um, Clive Davis and all, and I would find a reason not to make it. Like, but I didn't know mm. why. I didn't know this was happening because my spirit was like, nope, nope, not mm. this one. Mm-hmm. Nope, not her. Mm-hmm. Nope, not gonna be able to do it. Not gonna be able to yeah. do it. Yeah. And so I felt like again, I felt like I was failing. Like, mm. why, why, you know? And it's like, no, that's not for you. So again, right. just to those who are out here doing this, you know, let it feed your soul and uh, and beyond. Beyond it, it, make sure that you would do it if you weren't getting paid for it, you know, make sure you would do mm-hmm. it uh, just because. And, and to me, like I always ask the question when I'm creating art, what is this art serving? Who is it serving and how, mm-hmm. you know, because not everything that I create, you know, sometimes I'm just got to get some shit out that may not be healthy for other people. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, just mm-hmm. because you released it don't mean everybody need to hear it right you know what yeah. I mean yeah. so it's I always just because and, and not everybody need to think that way but I know for me I'm like no I have a responsibility like I want to I want this to have some redeeming quality um in in whatever it is that I'm putting out especially now especially right. now because people don't give fuck. you know it's just like oh I'm just put this out mm-hmm. you know it's like well dang did you did you have any thought about the, the, the possible effect this may have on the babies that, that this may have, you know, but again, I'm like, that's not their respons- I have a responsibility, I can't speak mm-hmm. to anybody else, but right, I'm right. clear that I do, and I accept it, uh, and that's just, that's what it is, I accept that.
0: Yeah. You say, you, uh, you you mentioned the time that you were able to uh, spend with Stevie Wonder, have you ever talked to him about uh, the impact of that that album and that song? On you because I know artists love to hear stuff like that or uh yes you know, about yes
2: <laughs> yes I gave him an earful
3: okay. uh, I surely did
2: I surely did that's I have dope. a funny Stevie Wonder story too when I was before I even knew you know when you and that's the beautiful thing when you kid when you're a child you don't care
3: who right anybody right. is
2: you know it's like right. and so I was it was at Howard I don't know what it is now maybe a Barnes and Nobles but it used to be the Howard Inn and before that it was the Harambe House right mm-hmm. on Georgia Avenue mm-hmm. right across from the uh, Mark, McDonald's on Georgia right down from mm-hmm. Howard.
3: Right. It
2: was called the Harambe House Hotel and with, you know black folks came into town they stayed at the Harambe House. This was in the 70's I was probably about seven and my brother Johansson was like five now you know we Dick Reggie's kids, so we can't eat no junk, right? But we try to stick it <laughs> anyway. We can't, so we're sitting. We're sitting. Um, we're there for this big march. It was like a Native American. It was called the Longest Walk. And I remember mm-hmm. the actor Marlon Brando was there, and he was in the room. But again, I didn't know who he was. Right. Marlon Brando, Stevie Wonder, some other folks, and some Native American brothers and sisters, and they was all holding court with Dad. You know, they mm-hmm. was all just breaking some shit down, and so we're just. You know, we're just like trying to figure out how we can get this candy on the table Well, my father looking. <laughs> and so, see it, and so we were pretty amazed because we had never seen a blind person before. We had never seen them without their glasses on. So, me and my brother, you know, young people, you don't have no, Oof,
3: you right? don't have no good sense. <laughs> you just looking, you know. Right. And we
2: see like the film over his eyes,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so we're just like, wow, you know, we had never seen a blind person before, We'd never seen their eyes, and so. Everybody else had walked away except for Stevie. And so we're like, okay. We look, me and my brother looking at each other and there's a bowl of candy on the table. So we like, okay, this nigga blind. Uh, so ain't, ain't, ain't nobody but him and <laughs> us right here. We about to get this candy. And so my brother's looking scared because we're like, man, what if this, what, what if this fool can say? What if what if he can really see? What if this All is right. set up? We about to get our ass booked. What if he really can see? But we were really like, um, who gonna take the chance? And my brother was like bumping. So he grabbed the candy and, um, you know, we stuffed it in our pockets and ate it later. But Mm. I, we were, I was, I was telling about about a year ago or so I was telling Stevie about that. Mm. And um, I was like, yeah, man, so I just want to apologize, you know, and so he just started (laughs) laughing. (laughs) He said he remembered, he mm-hmm. remembered that he, his memory is amazing. Like mm-hmm. he remembered it had to be like mid seventies or late seventies. And he remembered, obviously he didn't remember the incident cause he ain't know nothing about it, but he remembered why we were there. He remembered the, uh, the native American, um, the, the walk, you know, mm-hmm. the, the longest mm-hmm. walk. And he mm-hmm. remembered, uh, being in the Harambe hotel at that time. And stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I just say that to say like that brother, uh, I just, what a real one! What a what a mm-hmm. powerful and beautiful. He has a child's heart. He has a child's heart with all of the people who have come and gone, who I'm sure have taken advantage of him. Who have tra- mm-hmm. he has. It's like he's protected, you know. He's just mm-hmm. protected by the heavens because he has not been hardened. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something about you can't you can't reach a, a level of celebrity higher than Steve Wonder and kind of way he recognizes being a cosmic star is, imp- mm-hmm. is more important than that and right. so you know it was he was yeah. like a kindred soul and you know i feel like he's a kindred soul to all of us like stevie you know stevie's ours you know mm-hmm. and so, um yeah, yeah it's a blessing but he's he's given me a lot of great advice and um sometimes he would send he'd say all right uh let's let's write something together or he'll he would send me um He'd send me a track and say, "Look, this is this is this is what I want this to be about." You know, here's some of the words. See what you could do. He's always trying to see like what what you got. You know what you Mm -hmm. got. And so I'd be like, I remember the first time he had he had sent for me to come to L. A. This was this was in the early 2000s. I was scared. Oh my God, I was just Mm -hmm. like, because he you know he was trying to test to see my writing ability. And I remember I was staying in this hotel and I was I felt like. I was driving myself crazy because, because it was Stevie Wonder, um, nothing I did was good enough for me. I was just like, no, that's not good. It's not. And it really, the universe is like, just relax, like relax. He's relaxed. You relax. Just, just, just chill. You know, mm-hmm. the experience was beautiful. It was, it was amazing watching him in the studio maneuver as a blind person, um, but somebody who was able to just maneuver these uh, the technology and electronics. You know, so much stuff was voice activated. So you'd hear his voice. You know, um, when he's when he was turning things on or shutting things down, you'd hear his voice shutting down.
3: I'm like, see where'd
2: that come from? And it's like all you know, his voice was activating all these things. And wow, um, it was it was powerful. It was just beautiful just to see him in his element, moving around with no walker and no, know, just knowing you know and, and how mm-hmm. you know heightened his other senses are it's just like hey mm-hmm. he could just hear it he could hear it he could hear it you know Um. so it's that's been it's been a blessing Um. to me even more than the musical advice was just just his spiritual being you know mm-hmm. just just that has been more than anything what I've gathered from him was just uh, allowing spirit to guide guide the way you know
0: mm-hmm. that's so dope and you, mm. you touched on a little bit of, of, of being a kid and not really you know understanding who people were or the the um, the the level or the the stature that they held. At what point do you remember? At what point you looked at your dad and realized, oh, he he's kind of a big deal, you know? Uh, do you remember at what point it was? It, you it was DC. Right?
2: It was Washington DC. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we was this uh, was it the Human Kindness Day? It was some day. It was some big event. You know uh down on the mall probably and i didn't know where i was now it's so funny like living in dc i was like oh this is where we came this mm-hmm. is where i was when i was seven oh that's what it, you know because i didn't know where we were you know right, right. i knew i was around black folk and i didn't want to go home <laughs> <knew that> <laughs> Can
3: <we> stay here? <laughs> um
2: but um i remember it was dc i'm like how old was i i was young and i remember um I saw this like mob of people running towards us, but I'm thinking they're trying to get to somebody else. I'm like, daddy, like move out the way. I don't want to get run over by these people. <laughs> and I had no clue they were running to him. Mm. And so just kind of getting lost in the sauce, trying to hold his hand. And I was like, who are these people? And why, what the, what, they, what they want with you, <laughs>
3: you know? <laughs>
2: and uh, I just, cause at, at home, you know, in Plymouth, did anybody know him? Right. And um, it was my mom was very protective, so she, she kept that world outside. You know, she was very private, right. so um, I just didn't know. And um, I remember one time, I was seven years old, and and Yo, know, we was five, um, and we were in Connecticut at this anti nuclear, anti nuclear power rally. It was like probably about you know fifty thousand people, and. I remember it was my first speaking engagement. I was scared to <laughs> the So my mother wrote my little cute seven-year-old speech. I was so jealous because my younger brother stole the show at five. He grabbed the mic, so, so I, I go first and there's all these lights, you know, cameras, mm-hmm. lights. And I was just like, all oh, these people. And um, so I say my little, you know, nuclear power is bad and my little cute seven-year-old speech. My brother, <laughs> five-year-old brother grabbed the mic and went to Church, this little mm. young one was talking about and babies being affected by the chemicals. <laughs> they went, <laughs> the, the crowd went crazy, and I'm looking like, damn it, mama, my speech my wasn't good enough, mama. And no. so I was like, I just remember being so jealous looking at him, yeah, right. like, literally, a star was born. He was such a mm. natural mm. public speaker as a baby. So, um, mm. but I remember slowly but surely as we began to travel with him. And just realizing like wow like this is his world and so um yeah it was it was a different world it was it was a very different world and it was interesting moving between different worlds because it's like you know in one minute you know he's with his his you know close friends in the in the music world in Hollywood you know with Marvin Gaye he's real good friends with Marvin Gaye and Mm -hmm. Bob Marley and um Steve Poor Stevie and Mm -hmm the Jacksons and all of that so that it was like that world right Mm -hmm. and then you know the next minute uh we in the ditches you know with sharecroppers couldn't even read or write in Mississippi Mm -hmm. and the world that he moved just like Jason the world that he moved in he just was him you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it was like he never shifted and um that world was just like uh it was a very interesting world because not a lot of celebrities moved between worlds like that. You know what I mean? Right, you had right, some and right. that's why he was so tight with Muhammad Ali because mm. you know, it was like real new real. And mm-hmm. and so they were always, they were always together. You know, Muhammad Ali ran across the country with daddy. Daddy ran from New York to, to, to LA. And mm. Muhammad, you know, this footage I never saw before that I just recently saw them like in the in the as they began to go west in the mountains and just mm. the two of them, you know, just running, just running, you know, because Dad was running to uh, give attention to uh, bring attention to world hunger, and so mm. Muhammad Ali, Ali would always lend his celebrity to you know bring more attention to it. So it would just be, you know, it, it was like um, being in these environments with, you know. Michael Jackson and Bob Marley. I remember meeting Bob Marley when I was six. I didn't know who he was, you know what I mean? I knew it was a hot day and he gave me some watermelon, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I was like, yeah, that was, I was like, dang, that was Bob, that was Bob Marley. You know, so it was so much that I just Mm. didn't even know I was in the midst of. Mm. Um, Marvin Gaye used to write letters to my dad. Like Mm. when folk Mm. used to write letters, you know what I mean? He would always sign his name from the nigga in the valley. Um,
0: wow. wow! just
2: deep stuff that you can't even and and another thing like i remember um when i saw layla hathaway uh at layla, layla hathaway at uh where was it at the howard theater she said uh, and her mom was her mom was there selling mm. her merch and so she mm. said talk to my mother because she has a story about your dad and so i have to go and talk to her mom and, and she was like yeah you know um your father, you know, helped take care of Donnie, you know. So I was like, hey, mm-hmm. Donnie Hathaway, Dad worked with Donnie Hathaway. I never knew that, but he was like, Dad wow. was a health guru. So so many of wow. the black celebrities went to him for spiritual and health stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. he was fasting and he was, you know, was putting the herbs together and he was, you know, help folk figure figure that stuff out. And so she said, Yeah, I was the person your dad would call me at once a week. And lay out the plan for Donnie, and I was like, "What? You know, mm-hmm. stuff Dad never talked about." And I hear people mm-hmm. everywhere I go. I'll, I'll hear folk talk about things that he did um, for them in that way. You know, I mean, he you know worked with a lot of the, a lot of the athletes and stuff too. But I say all that to say it's it's nice traveling and kind of walking in his shoes, walking mm-hmm. his path to see. The people along the way who had the stories to share, even about my mom. You know, like I, I went down to Selma, Alabama, and they're like, "Oh, your mama was in that jail cell for women, right there. She was wow. eight months pregnant with the twins." I'm like, "Damn, mama never told us about that." You <laughs> wow. know, yeah, she <laughs> went to jail, and she would. She, we were gonna let her. The, I mean, not we, but the, the um. They were gonna let her. They were going to release her from jail the day she, the day after she got in because she was Dick Gregory's wife. But She's like, I ain't leaving until all the sisters get to go. So mommy, eight months pregnant, mm. stayed in two more weeks, two more weeks until all the sisters got to go. Um, and just, you know, all of these stories that as I travel the world and even leaving America and being like, damn, daddy was here. Look mm-hmm. at his footprints, you know? Mm. And so it's, it's a blessing. A mommy was here. Look at her footprints, you know? She smuggled in 1970, 69, during the Vietnam War. um, My mom and dad were in London and um, this story to me, I have to tell it's just so powerful. They were in London and some friends of some Asian friends of them gave them some footage of the My Lai massacre, footage of uh, innocent men, women and children being murdered in South Vietnam by by the United States uh, military, by the the army soldiers, murdering children, women, innocent people. Uh, but you know, that's what they do. So, the, of course the government knew about it, but they were trying to suppress the story. So my, my father, who had a- already just survived an assassination attempt, he passes the footage off to my mother and he goes another way. So my mother flies by herself with this coveted footage of the Milai massacre. She flies from London to Paris, Paris to Montreal, Montreal to Toronto, Toronto to Chicago. She doesn't eat because she knows her food has been poisoned. Three men follow her on every flight. Every flight she get <clears> on, they get on. Every flight she get on, they get on. And she makes it home. The United States, the government now knows that Dick Gregory's family has brought the footage in. And, and my father told her, he said he said, there's a chance you might not make it back there's a mm. chance you will not make it back. And so you might have to just kiss the children goodbye. This is how committed daddy was to the movement. Like it was, it was bigger than us. Mm. And so mm. my mother says she, to this day, she said it was the scariest thing that she's ever done in her life. Wow. where she literally thought she was going to die. And mm. ever just to see them following her everywhere she went, they followed. Um, mm. And so when she got, when she got to, um, when she got home, her children didn't know, I wasn't born yet, but the older sisters, they didn't know, all, all they knew was that mommy made it home on Monday for Michelle's dance recital.
3: Mm. That's why I call
2: mommy a superhero. That's why I call mommy a superhero, because I'm like, mommy, you, you helped, you literally helped in the, traje- in the tra- trajectory of where that war was going and how much longer, the, 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 the Milan massacre, the exposure of it was one of the things that helped to end the war. Now, the, right. the US government was forced to break the story because they didn't want it to be known that this black man's wife brought it into the country. Mm. So they had mm. to break it when she brought it in. And I'm wow. like, mama, literally, you think about the power of black women and the quiet strength
3: <laughs> that she ain't
2: even want, she ain't even want nobody to know. You're not gonna find right, that in the history right. books. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that, that piece right there you know is why i do what i do this woman is still standing at 83 years old you know what i mean mm-hmm. She kept that man alive my father mm-hmm. said she's not just dick Gregory's wife she is dick Gregory. she kept him alive mm. you know what i mean that black that black woman's strength and love yeah. that mm-hmm. kept yeah. all the foolishness on the outside mm-hmm. and was like i got you i got you i got wow. you wow
0: so, and that, that's interesting that you said that about about it not being in the history book so now it's, of course, researching the story, I was looking for things, and there's only a few things about your mom out there. Like it said that she had ten children, and she raised them in the midst of being a huge uh, integral part of the civil rights struggle. Um, but that's all it really said. So I was going to, and you kind of uh, already. I I love it when we have people that 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 talk and go off on the tangents because you make it so easy for me because there's a couple of questions you know that you already answered. I was going to ask you about uh, about your mom um and about your you know um what you saw of her there's so many women of the struggle that like you said had that quiet presence and that quiet strength you know from the uh the, the betty shabazzes to the Coretta Scott kings to uh to your mom and so i was going to ask you um uh what is it uh, what about your mom would you like people to know or realize or understand about her uh you know today
2: and she's a real one hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: And she's a real one. How simple um, is that.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And she and and that um, there's something to be said about a strength that does not need to announce itself. Mm. And that's what I'm learning from her. Because I can I can say I'm ashamed to say I did not see her strength. Uh, when I was younger in the way that it actually exists. I saw my father as the one and I saw her as like, you know, I saw her as like in my mind, surrendering to everything he said and did. And in my mind, it was a part of me that felt like, you know, not that I didn't see her as strong, but I think I was looking through a lens that didn't understand exactly. how powerful she was and how mm-hmm. she was help navigate, helping to navigate his journey without mm-hmm. him even being aware of it. And you hear elder mamas talk about that, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that as a child. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't aware ways in which she got him to do things and she had to say a word, I'm like, All okay, right. mama. <laughs> Until I got old, I was like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I get it, and I feel like I have a lot to learn in that way. I still have so much to learn from her in that way. And she give like Daddy, she gives it away. She gives it away, you know. She, whatever she has, her 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 wealth, her love, she shares it, she gives it away. She um, she doesn't hoard anything. And um, because she doesn't hoard it, there's always more coming, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how Daddy lives too. Um, yeah. Always, always, um, mm-hmm. and 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 she could never be bought, and Daddy could never be bought. You know, there were times, literally, where there would be, my mom and dad would be in the airport, headed out the country or headed somewhere, and agents would drop money, bags of money, big money. You know, especially for like in the '60s and the '70s. Mm-hmm. You know, you know they may drop like fifty thousand dollars in the '60s. Um, and. Daddy knowing like there's strings attached. Leave that money. You know, not too many people was leaving the money. Right, right. They left yeah. the money. Wow. They left the money. Wow. <laughs> like, take the money boo boo. Wow. <laughs> so mama, you know, she just yes. didn't, she didn't care. She just didn't, it was all good. She was, hmm. she was committed. Uh, she was committed and I, there's a song about her that I wrote called Mama This Once For You.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm just like,
2: man, I thought my mom was magic as a little girl, and I believe mm-hmm. she is. I'm like, how is she able to do all of this for? Because there's 10 of us, yo. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I got friends who are losing it with two kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she gave birth <laughs> to 11 children. One baby mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. and about maybe several months in. And so, the 10 remaining that she raised you know
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm just like whoa so there's a song that I wrote um I'm gonna just sing a little bit of it Mm -hmm. 10 babies that she raised and they wonder why she had to be at 10 places at the same time you can't tell me that this here woman can't fly Soccer games, track meets dance lessons, staying up late with me when I was sick or stressing. Let's be clear, she's the reason why I'm here, yeah. Mama, this one's for you, so you could see you from my view. A woman so beautiful, a love indescribable, mama. This one's for you, mama. So beautiful without you, what would I do? Yeah, mama. This one's for you, she's the rock. The power source they didn't see. She didn't want the credit, so she passed it down to me. But deep down, she's the root holding up this tree. And Hmm. she don't talk about what she's been through, and she don't brag about all the things she do. But you can see the light in her eyes. She talks soft, but got a heart that goes from here to the sky. Mama, this one's for you so you could see you from my view a woman so beautiful a love indescribable mama this one for you mama so beautiful without you what would i do yeah mama this one's for you that's for you mama
0: beautiful beautiful and so it's so prolific and so poignant just like understanding that uh, all of these civil rights you know these people who pioneered the struggle and things it would have been no them if it wasn't for the women that still beside beside say, and behind and, and held them up like you said the roots to that tree that's such a powerful line because you know they, they hold us up you know and uh it's, it's such a blessing my goodness this is such a powerful interesting interview So. Um, uh, Sometimes when we have people of your stature on, uh, we like to go a little over. It is 12.35 now. I'm gonna go as long okay. as you can go. I don't wanna, you know, uh if you have something, you know, if you have other engagements or anything, I'm free okay. for that. But we just gonna keep okay. going if it's okay with you. Sure. Okay, great, great, great. Before I uh jump back into the interview, Jay, Patrice, y'all got any questions?
4: Well, I can't stay too much longer. I got I got the kids in there. Understood,
0: long, understood. daddy. <laughs>
4: yeah,
0: but, <laughs> okay. I
1: Uh, it's gonna be short Mm -hmm. um it's so much so much you said um ayana that spoke to me but the piece that you talked about um even in relation to um uh branding and how that doesn't sit with your spirit because it you know in relation to our ancestors um you know the space that i'm in right now and i don't want to get you know the interview is about you not me but Talk about it. I've I've been feeling like that. I I literally am almost in tears as I was I'm not in this like the everything that we're going through now with the digital thing I haven't moved on my you know business because I just don't feel right. I can't explain it. I I don't feel right. I don't feel right going into digital. That's not That's not why I do this. And it's not how I want to do it. I want you, you talked about making connections. And I think in this space, the biggest thing that I've learned about myself, but just, I guess, us as beings all together is the importance of connection, not contact. Right. Mm. We're not I don't, I don't need to make contacts with, you know, you know, you s- spoke about celebrities being an illusion and I've always believed that cause I have no idea who people are. People say, you know, you know, this person, I have no idea because I believe in the power of connection. It's so, you know, it's so much bigger than, you know, just, you know, who, you know, and, and how you move and, you know, in your case in, in music, but for me in fitness or in business, I don't, I don't care about working with the latest and greatest of, you know, the branding professional and the marketing professional. I've never moved like that. And so for me to be in this space where I have to come out of this, this nine month um, sabbatical, if you will, if you want to call it that and how to move, it's just, I haven't, nothing has felt right until right now when you talked about Your space that you were in and how you decided to move with your spirit instead of being in that room and moving with people and human beings
4: yeah Yeah. Um,
1: so i just you know just thank you for that i don't want to go over too much because i know jay gotta go but i love well
4: let let me check in with him i I should be all right okay Okay.
1: i love your energy like i when i say i love my energy I love your energy. All of the experiences. Thank you for sharing those with us. Um, Thank I, you, sis. I'm, 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 I'm like goodness. you know you know how you emit heat heat when you're like you know when your eyes open and, You know we talked about you yes. talked about sight earlier with Stevie Wonder, and I always tell my son you don't need these two things to see.
2: That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. Come on.
1: It's, a, it's deeper. It's so much deeper. I don't yeah. I don't need yeah. these to see. So. I go yes. by how I feel, you know, I, especially with what's going on now in the universe. You know, we, yes. we have to be, co- we have to be conscious of um, every single move that we make. This is a, this is a cleansing and a clearing yes. um, of sorts. And yes. um, so I'm really honed in on that. And so what you said spoke to me, like, you know, if, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Absolutely. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. If it doesn't Absolutely. sit with your spirit, if your spirit doesn't say, you know, this is Absolutely. how you should move, then even in business, because when you don't, when you do it, when you, when you don't move a certain way in business, people think, oh, well, you're not hustling and you're not grinding and you're not, no, I am being still, peace be still for me. That's so, so you spoke to me with that. So let's just. You know, thank you so much. I don't even know what to say, but I hope hopefully you feel my <laughs> energy through this through here.
0: Uh, definitely. Oh man, this is uh just just echoing that, man. it has been an amazing uh we discussion and nothing. interview. I hope not. You Sorry, still with us? can y'all
2: still yeah, I was trying to move away from the noise because what you were saying, sis, is so powerful. I'm,
0: I'm... Yes.
2: can y'all hear me?
0: Yeah, yes. yeah, we can hear you. Yes, yes, yes. You're back with us. We had lost you for a moment I'm there. Gonna lose this. Okay, yeah, we have so that's support what you shared there.
2: is so so powerful. I yeah. um, I, I just want to say to you that your energy is beautiful. It's evident to me that you are a natural healer. Um and so you're naturally going to be more sensitive than most and honor that. Honor that because mm-hmm. this is our time. This is the, for the yeah. for the true spiritual warriors and healers. This is our time. Like this is this is literally why we were born for right now. Mm-hmm. Literally, the reason we were born was for this moment right here. So, you, 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 right on.
0: Yeah, we, we still, we losing you a little bit, Ayana. you breaking yeah, Your signal different now. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: okay, May let me move. Hold that. on a second. Okay.
0: okay.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the noise is gone outside. I'm gonna go back outside. Hold on.
0: Okay. Yeah, man, that's so, wow, this has been such a powerful okay. discussion. My goodness, just like the the wealth of uh, information and energy. You was right, I gotta give it to you. You're <laughs> really wrong, though. I haven't, like, you know, it's, I give it to you. You know, one of the reasons is, that I, you know, look up to you so much is because I haven't seen you be wrong a lot of times. <laughs> right, like I've I seen like, you like, wrong maybe once, thing. but I don't know. I don't
1: even remember. My bad. That.
0: Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, we got you now.
1: We got you.
2: Okay. Yeah. So yes, sis, make, you know, follow that spirit. Like I said, you, you, you are a, a natural healer, and this is the time for the for the spirit warriors and healers to exist. And you know, everything, all this this money conversation, all it's like it, it literally. I I'm watching it, the beginnings of it, but it's going to be even more intensely. Where the only thing we're going to be able to do with 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 the dead presidents is make a fire with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for real, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the energetic, it's the energetic. What frequency are you on and what frequency are you on and what are you drawing to you? And so right. where you're at, and as we speak on this as the solar eclipse and new moon, the new moon just moved into Sagittarius, like mm-hmm. this, is, this is the clearing. Everything mm-hmm. else is gonna be taken care of. Things, unimaginable things that we've always wanted but always seem far away, far in reach are like mm. here now, are here right. now, so it's time to really call it into existence. The reason that you haven't felt comfortable with the digital piece is because your spirit is like, I got something else. Wait on mm. it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it don't feel right because it ain't right for you. That's why, you know right. what I'm saying? It's, it's one thing if you're running from something that's good for you. There's a difference between something you're running from that's healthy for you and something that's like, my spirit is like, nah, nah, shit, right. Right, nice. that ain't it.
3: Yeah. So
2: follow that, like you know, and 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 it's like you said. There are times it can be scary because you're like, well, dang! But if I don't do that, then what is that gonna mean? I gotta eat. I got, you know what I'm saying. So right. I understand that it's very real, and at the same time, know that the most amazing possibilities are now becoming real, tangible, real things. So call on it, break through whatever barriers or whatever you didn't think was possible before. Break through that now, and know that now is that time to just open it up, open it all the way. Right. You know what I mean? If I knew it would be impossible to fail, what am I doing now? Right, right.
0: right. Thank yeah. you I so much. Work out here. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> all right. So, Man. but yeah, but you you can thank hear you, so you can much. hear us okay though.
2: I can
1: hear you.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Go ahead, Patrice. I'm sorry you. I'm were...
1: uh, just saying thank you. I, I'm. I just. Uh, this is, this is, this is beyond powerful. Uh, you know, you, like you talked about, um, you know, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you seemed weird or you seemed um, to other people, you seemed weird or it was another word you used. And I always say, you know, I'm weird or I'm nerdy, like to give people a precursor to mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. And honestly, like that in this space right now, I'm like, fuck that. Like, I, yeah, I'm i not that. weird. I'm not come
3: weird. Through, I'm through. Not, come on, I'm girl. Not, um,
1: I'm not um, crazy. I, I'm, come on. I, I, know, I know what I'm come talking on. about. Come on, and speak what on I'm it. About because my spirit told me, and this is way left, but I'm gonna go ahead and share, share it here. I've been Bring having it. these dreams, like, mm-hmm. We're in this space where, and I, I even told my son, because my son told me he had a dream. I said, son, we're in a space right now where literally, I mean, literally anything, anything is possible. Anything. And mm-hmm. this is a whole nother conversation. and I won't take it there, but, you know, I, and I said to him, I said, is your dream reality or is this mm. reality? Come on. You know, is your exactly. dream reality or this exactly. or this dream? Exactly, like, you know, in a matrix, like it's, it's right. so so many possibilities that could happen. It's, it's so, so many, many possibilities, possibilities. right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm honed. I'm way tuned in. I, I I'm way tuned in, and I'm I trying not really hard not to let um, worldly things, as it relates to business and currency and the need to um, exist and eat and have shelter, um, uh, uh, interrupt yeah. that 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 connection, all that frequency. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's tough some sometimes, but
2: I understand.
1: Yeah. yeah. But you know, man, I think manifesting is key and calling everything that you want in your space in your life, calling it and speaking it and feeling it and yes. vibrating with it. So yes that's it. But thank you. Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, sis, what yeah. you shared. is so powerful. You know, it is, we need to hear this to know like I'm not crazy. This is, you know, right. this is a, 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 it's a synergy that's happening right now. And so mm-hmm. me listening to you, to y'all, and y'all listening to me, it is confirmation mm-hmm. um, that this synergized moment is more than just something that's in our head, is bigger. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Yeah. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important too, because um, I, I mean, I've never shared this with you, Ayana, but there have mm-hmm. been certain times you randomly text me just out the blue, and uh, just like I see you, mm-hmm. and uh, ah. it, it, it means it means so much. It's like I can't even I can't even describe because you know very similar to what Patrice has talked about and what you express. You feel like you alone in your thoughts and mm-hmm. how you yes. see the world and how you approach uh, life, and you know people consider you. You know, crazy or weird or whatever, and I, I, I receive a text yeah. from you like I see you, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and it'd be, and it'd be like oh, the timing, wow. it'd be the time, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I do.
4: It'd, it'd, be, wow. it'd, be the, it'd be the timing of what I'd be experiencing, you know, just the timing, how you know that, like, oh, that's a supernatural, universal. Ooh. Connection because it'd be the timing, like, wow, I got this right now when you're feeling at your low, at your, you know, when you questioning yourself and questioning mm-hmm. what you're doing for somebody to be like, yo, I see. And I remember one time, I remember one time I cried because you was like, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, it was something to the effect of like that I reminded you of your dad yes yeah. and I was just like oh man because it'd be wow. a, and it, it'd be the specific timing of the things though so it's not I mean the, the the words and the encouragement and the recognition are you know great and appreciated and received but it'd be it'd be the timing and it let me know, know like oh it's even bigger than her like, it may mm-hmm. not even necessarily be her expressing that. Right. Because of the timing of it. It was like, yo, like, right. saying this now? Like, you know, thank yeah. God. Like, yeah. literally, right. you know what I'm saying? So amazing. Uh, I'm
2: so glad you shared that, Jay. I knew
4: yeah. that. Yeah, I wow. mean, because that's something
0: I would be scared to express. I'm like, she going to think I'm a nutcase if I tell her. Right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> But can you I just, know, uh, let me just add so just knowing that just like Ben Vereen was that conduit for you at that moment when you felt like that and needed it, you're circling that energy, you're cycling that energy back to somebody that you see and hold as reverend as Jay J-Sun. How dope is that feeling? That's, That's dope. That would be amazing. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Wow. Yeah. That's Wow. Really That's awesome.
3: Man, yeah. Man,
2: thank you. I'm so glad you shared that, James. That that's because the times that it happened, I didn't, I didn't know why. So clearly, I was
3: being used.
4: Right. That that that's the point. Because I was like, we always, we like whenever we see each other, we know what it is. Like we know you know we, we don't really have to talk. We don't <laughs> yeah. have to be behind each other. We just kind of always know what it is. We know. And what
3: we so are.
4: like like you like you mentioned like the timing of it they'd be like, yo, like that's bigger than both of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, I love it.
3: And
4: yeah. to your point, wow. when you were talking about, because I remember when you were at the Oprah joint, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I remember that time, because I remember you went and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the experience and all of that, mm-hmm. and uh, being around like stars or whatever, right? Like, and so it's just recently, I've been very And I start, like doing different prayers or whatever. Like and I'm going to But then eventually, I started to do to my mom and dad. <laughs> and Something started happening, like, music, like no time left, like a minute. So I was like, "Oh, like I do music, like for this type of work, like you know, you know, basically, uh, you know, a lot of time as artists, you know, you're trying to to get people to buy in or to listen to you or to, you know, but when I was going through that ordeal." and like the prayers didn't seem to be working, I just started spitting these bars from, from a song that I wrote. And I was like, oh, like this is like the, the universe or the ancestors like Grammys. Like, oh, mm-hmm. nigga, you, you, finally, yeah. you finally got, like why the fuck you been doing this your whole life? Like this is why, because you are in a position where you feel you losing your life and you needed s- stimulation and right. you know, assurance and the, the, the traditional praise that you've used all your life wasn't working, right? And so it's like we're gonna show you why you've been doing music for 30 years. This exact second, this exact minute is why you create art. I was like, Oh shit. So <laughs> so when you were saying uh-huh. that about uh you know, just not feeling, you know, uh, like yourself in the company of these quote unquote stars and you being your own star. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of came into that realization uh, myself, like, oh, like I'm not really creating art for other people's like entertainment per se. I was like, this is grounded in something uh, that we need you know for our existence so yeah and uh so i i i felt that energy when you were speaking about you know being you know questioning yourself and yourself as an artist and all of that so yeah man this this whole interview is ridiculously <laughs> dope nice. yeah, man. It's
0: <laughs> so powerful. <laughs> are we lost is she gone well, no, I think she's still there. It's just uh, the uh the noise they do construction over there. Yeah, I yeah. I uh, you know, whenever we get into the real stuff, it's always something trying to hold us down. I know, right?
1: So, I <laughs> know y'all lost but, me. But, oh, right I think I Yeah, yeah, done. I <laughs> think
0: we just lost her <laughs> for a second. Hopefully she'll come back in. But my goodness, but this this has been such a powerful thing. <laughs> and you know, it's always the best ones. I don't get the half the questions. I had like 30 questions mm-hmm. lined up. It's <laughs> already <laughs> about
4: to be one o'clock.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably,
4: it's probably time and I'll I think that anyway, the, the universe was saying
0: <laughs> right, right. The universe <laughs> was like, nah, that's just <laughs> that was the universe working on stuff back there. <laughs> right. That was the construction is doing in all of our lives, man. But um, yeah, that sentiment has been something. It's so interesting that she shared that, you know, it, it was something that we all were talking about before we got on about this this um time of metamorphosis in our lives. and understanding our purpose and things of that nature um you know everybody goes through that man and i'll just say for everybody watching don't fear it man go into it Mm -hmm. head strong it can be a a a scary time and that's natural but go into it um grounded in yourself and grounded in your place in the universe and if you don't understand that take time to figure out what what that is and it will give you so much more structure and and focus and drive as you as you go through you know what you're going through man this has been so therapeutic and just uh mm-hmm. helpful. and uh i see Ayanna's coming back on are you with us okay she's uh working on getting back connected But, but yeah. Yeah, when she get back on you probably wrap it up today yeah yeah that sounds yeah yeah because it seems like the universe is telling us all right you've <laughs> shared enough <of> <laughs> but yeah okay here we go. can i just say something real quick sure i just wanted
1: to thank y'all uh I'm super grateful for this moment. So just, I just want to say thank you. I I needed, I needed to hear, um, Ayana, and I needed to have this energy right at this moment. So just thank you. I'm always grateful for you guys. Likewise, yes. I
0: definitely, yeah. definitely. Thank you, and uh, <laughs> you know, under, you know, understand that your power is so much more. Than, than this moment, you know what I'm saying, like it's so much so further beyond what you, you know, what you're going through, And you know, sometimes it's hard to see beyond the obstacles right in front of us, but there's so much more that you're here to do and that you will do and so many lives that you have and will continue to change, so mm-hmm. yeah man, just stay in it, keep grinding man, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got such a strong family and, you know, uh, we always got you back, so just keep grinding, yeah, you know? I appreciate you. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I nice. say that with the utmost respect and love and reverence for uh, who you are beyond, you know, what people see for the energy that you are. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. It's it beautiful and it's bright and, and keep doing it. You and Jason, man. I, I appreciate both of y'all, man. That same Likewise,
4: way. bro. I appreciate you too, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, man. It's looking like we're going uh, to wrap it up. Let's see if... Uh, I, I see a you picture may- there, but yeah, I don't see, I see. It. She's smiling at us, huh? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ayana. Thank you yeah. so much,
0: man. This has been such a dope uh, interview. I'll edit it in a way where people won't know that you dropped out. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know, it's indicative of like I said the. Uh, the universe and it's time to wrap it up so uh we in that vein uh this has been another episode of the neighbors livecast thank you guys so much for rocking with us today a million special thanks to the amazing ayana gregory we have to get her back to talk about the rest of these 26 questions that i had for her uh, <laughs> i get to ask next time on behalf of myself dc's native son jason and hey. fruit fit Patrice Jones, thank you guys for rocking with us. Take care of yourselves and each other. Live in your energy and enjoy it. Peace, love, and uh, yeah, y'all have a great week.
3: Peace.
0: Thank you.